Chris, sip your drink gently in case there's a clove or something in there. Mm-hmm. Sip your drink gently in case oh, there's like a clove in general. or something. Okay. Yeah, they fell well, out of the And it's manners, so, you know. Okay. Mm. It's very good. It's Please. very warming and yummy. extended, Chris. No! Data, because it's polite. <laughs> my favorite like TV That's so good. video. <laughs> oh my god, guys. Good night, sweet bee. Guys, <laughs> I have to go back to work in two days and I don't want to. Boo fucking Fucking boo hoo. We already are at work. <laughs> yeah. I know, but yeah, it's so difficult. It is difficult. Boo hoo. So do you want to put up with children? In that no, that's why I'm not a teacher. <laughs> you have done that yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a Wikipedia? I'll do it. Summary? I got it open. I'm gonna guess it's pretty long. Yeah, it's not actually. It's like six paragraphs. It's not super long. It's more concise than the movie is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot more linear and easy to track. Unlike that beast, am I right? Ew. You know, for something that's covered in gold and gems, it's hard to find. I mean, it's not covered in gems, right? I think that was my interpolation of what you were saying. It's just covered in, like, I don't know, leather and metal? Bone and, like... Yeah. And, like, straps, almost. Yeah. To make it grumpy. Man, it seems like it's fully encased in, like, an exoskeleton. It does. It, does. it seems like, like, how does it, like, go to the bathroom? How does it eat? How, does, like it, a, how does it live and laugh and love? It's like a wetsuit for lions. It's like the Lion of the Iron Mask. <laughs> <laughs> Much better movie. Ooh, clove. You got one? Yep. I don't mind it so much. I got it a little bit too. No, I mean, I literally got a clove. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast in which three friends sit down with a very troubled movie and a themed cocktail and discuss what worked, what didn't, and how they would fix it. I am Chris, Lion in the Iron Mask, Ravel. I am Lee, Horbs, 30 under 30, <laughs> Delahanty. <laughs> Bonjour, je m'appelle Brendan Mani Petit Duchemin. <laughs> So as you could tell by <laughs> various accent works you and can't. Uh, yeah, I mean there's no way you can tell. No, c'est très bien. We <laughs> we did the movie Brotherhood of the Wolf, a uh, Le Pac de Loup. Yeah, the, <laughs> as we say en français. Brendan's gonna do live French translation. With my good friend go. James Patterson. <laughs> What year did this come out, Brendan? Uh, 2001. Wow. This isn't going to get old. The French historical action horror film directed by Christophe Gans. And then, yeah, it has... A bunch of French people. Yeah, but it also has, like, Mark Dacascos. It's got Monica Bellucci, Vincent Cassel. That's End of list? I mean, yeah. Mark Descascos, I, I guess. Mean, that's really like anyone in American audience might Mark Descascos is the last one people yeah. know. Yeah. After that, it's just a bunch of French people. Yep. And Surprisingly, not Gerard Depardieu. Is I know. You'd think, right? I know. Wasn't there that law passed that he has to be in every French movie? Every French movie. Is this our first non-English? Entirely no, no, non-English? No, no, no that American been... Honey. That's right. That, that, yeah. yeah, that because we did the bottom. Yeah, because we did another subtitled one. This is our second subtitled movie. Yeah. Although, in, in Terry America Honey, there were segments that were spoken in well, English. Well, they, like, lapse into English as well, they do. Well, because in Bollywood, it's yeah. one of, it's, English is one of the languages. Yeah. Right. So they're, and, you know, you probably, probably will lapse into it at certain points. But in this case, it was all subtitles, all which means for a uh, confusing viewing experience. We oui. um, so uh, before we get into what this very uh, large movie is about, <laughs> very large indeed. Uh, Brendan, what did we drink? Uh, the drink we made is Le Sang de Lup. 
It is one bottle of red wine, one and a half cups of brandy, two cups of cranberry cocktail, three tablespoons of honey, two cinnamon sticks, half of a cup of cranberries, four mandarin oranges, and some cloves. So what you do is you leave the skin on the oranges, cut them into quarters, stick up several cloves into the rinds of the oranges, add all the ingredients into a pot, bring it to a boil, and after it boils, bring it down to a simmer for 20 minutes, and then go ahead and sip merrily. And sip merrily we did. It was sip merrily. It was a tasty cocktail. It is. I'm glad it's still hot drink weather. <laughs> but, you know, it was it was very tasty. It was warming. It was smooth. It was. It was less sweet than I thought it would be, and I'm not saying that in a bad sense. I'm just observing. Yeah. You can choose to keep this on or off air, mm. but as you wrote the recipe out, mm. forgot the cranberries. Oh, mon vieux! Oh, shit! The cranberries! <laughs> well, now, now we got a bag of frozen cranberries yeah. in the freezer. We'll figure out something to do with them. Yeah. I just realized that. Everything Pelt else got in each other, the cranberries. Shit! Well, whatever. Yeah. It still tasted great without it. <laughs> no, what are you going to do? Well, we'll see. Maybe come February we'll make another hot yeah. drink. <laughs> because it, this was also appropriately red for a movie where a lot of blood is being spilled all over oui. the place. Hence the name. Le sang de loup. The blood of the wolf. Oui. All right. Uh, so, now that we know what we drank, who's going to tell us what happens in this movie? Me. I will. Okay. During the French Revolution, Marquis d'Apcher, I don't know, guys, I can't speak French. <laughs> Marquis d'Apcher writes his memoirs in his castle. He recounts, he recounts to 1764 when a mysterious beast terrorized the province of Javadon. Grégoire de Fronsac, a knight and the royal naturalist of King Louis XV of France and his Iroquois companion Manny, arrived to capture the beast. Fronsac grows to romance Marianne de Moranja, uh, the daughter of a local count whose brother, Jean-Francois, was also an avid hunter and world traveler. Fronsac is also intrigued by Sylvia, an Italian courtesan at the local brothel. While investigating another victim, Fronsac finds a fang made of steel. A traumatized child witness swears that the beast is controlled by what seems to be a human master. As the investigation proves unfruitful, the king's weapon master, Lord de Botern, arrives to put an end to the beast, and Fronsac is sent back to Paris. He realizes that the beast is actually an instrument of a secret society, the Brotherhood of the Wolf, which is working <laughs> to undermine public confidence in the king and ultimately take over the country. Does he realize that then? They get to no. that rather okay, quickly. Okay, I thought not, because I was because this feels the like... The revelation comes way late. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, anyhow. Back in Javaldon, the attacks by the real beast continue, and Fronsac returns to put an end to the beast killings. At a secret rendezvous with Marianne, they are attacked by the beast, where it mysteriously refrains from attacking her. Fronsac, Manny, and a young Marquis set out into the forest and set up an array of traps to capture the beast. It is severely injured, but escapes. Manny sets off alone in pursuit, where he finds a catacomb uses the beast's holding pen, inhabited by the Brotherhood. Outnumbered, Manny is shot and killed. Fronsac does discovers Manny's body and performs an autopsy, finding a silver bullet, Jean-Francois's signature choice of ammunition. In a fit of rage, a vengeful, France, a vengeful Fronsac goes to the catacombs and slaughters many members, but is overpowered by the local authorities and imprisoned. Sylvia visits him in jail and reveals that she is a spy for the Holy See. She explains that Henri Saudi, the local priest and leader of the Brotherhood, believes that he is restoring worship of God to France. Pope Clement XIII has decided that Sardis is insane and sent her to eliminate him. She then poisons Fronsac saying he knows too much. Meanwhile, Jean-Francois comes to Marion's room and reveals to her that he is the beast's master. It recognized his scent on her when he came near her, which is why it did not attack. He then rapes her when she rejects his advances of love. Sylvia's agents exhume Fronsac, who had not been killed, but was merely put into a temporary coma, and he appears at one of the Brotherhood's sermons. He kills several members, including Jean-Francois. 
Sardi escapes into the mountains, but is mauled to death by a pack of wolves. Fransac and Marquis go to the beast's lair, where it lays severely wounded. It turns out the beast was the last surviving offspring of a creature that Jean-Francois brought back from Africa, and was tortured into becoming vicious and dressed in metal armor, plating, and spikes. Fransac takes pity and kills the beast in an act of mercy. Weird that it doesn't say it was a lion. Yeah. Is that our inference? It's definitely a lion, right? It's for sure a lion. Okay, like, I don't know what the fuck else it can be. He talks be. about a lion. Right, mauling his arm or whatever. Yeah, it yeah. has a, you can see its lion face. Yeah, because, like, angles. there's no other large cat like that in Africa. Anyway. Not for nothing, they know what lions are in that time. No, yeah, uh, yeah. It's history. Just, I just think it's weird that, like, the Wikipedia article never says, like, it was a lion. That's what it yeah. was. Marquis finishes writing his account just before he is led to his execution by a revolutionary mob. He states that he doesn't know what happened to Fonsac and Marianne after the death of the beast, but he hopes that somewhere they are happy together. I have a couple quick notes. Yes, go for it. The last, like, I would say probably maybe half of that summary that you just read yes. is, in... is maybe the last third of the movie. No, yeah. I agree with you. Like, the last, I don't know, like, what, three paragraphs? Yeah, like, the eventual information that comprises the narrative does not include much of the first Right, one. and one of those paragraphs is almost verbatim like an info dump given by one of the people like talking to yeah. him about the yeah, lion at the Sylvia. end. She's yeah, she's just sort of like, well, no, not even that. It's the old guy, the old, the doctory guy. Oh yeah, who just like explains to him they're like, oh yeah, I was brought back from Africa. It's a beast. Like yeah, it was, he was torturing it. Like blah blah blah. And so like this is covered in voiceover, incidentally. It's but you're right. They all of these important revelations are crammed into the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And my second note on that summary, mm-hmm. by the way, is that I had this thought when I was rewatching the beginning and end. The marquee, his rule is not near the city, which is where the revolution is, is happening. Is it not? Oh, wait, okay. He's just, he, he, he's like the Marquis of, like, where Jean Valjean, like, right? Yeah, Jean Valjean. Like, yeah, Jean Valjean. Like, so I don't know why he's I don't know why he's in Paris. the city in the beginning when he's an old man. Is he in Paris in the beginning? I honestly didn't catch that. I don't know. Did the I revolution spread to the countryside? I assume the revolution went everywhere, why, right? Why is he, a big revolution. I don't understand why he waits to be executed. Yeah, it is weird, right? And why he, he seems to be a good ruler. Like he wasn't like one of the dick aristocrats, right? But I guess it's like one of his gotta people seem to love him. Well, except for the part where they kill him at the end. No, but you see, up until that point, his servants. Like, hugging him on the way Those fucking bootlickers, you can't trust their opinions. It's true, they're scabs. <laughs> yeah. That was my observation. I just thought it was, I don't understand, again, it's, it's ultimately, I don't know why it's in this movie, period, but right. if it is, I don't understand why. See, okay, actually, I want to say real quick, so I've been thinking about, I think it's extraneous in the movie, it doesn't have much of a purpose, except to really fucking bring you down at the end, to like, have one of the characters be like, and now I go off to my death. Right. Tra-la-la. But what I'm thinking is, so, th- one of the many, many problems that I have with this movie is that it, it attempts to exist in a very specific historical space, in a period of time in France, but very, very rarely uses it in a right. meaningful way. So there is this group in the movie that is setting out to undermine the King of France in some confusing way that defies explanation. Right. They apparently don't like the King of France. I don't know why it is. It's some it's religious like, thing. I think it's like, it's embarrassing for him if this beast... No, I'm not saying... I, I, I get that. What I'm saying is what their point is. I guess um, they have some sort of religious reason as to why they want to get rid of... I don't know. Anyway, so like... In the in the end, you think that there could be like a point where he like the marquis realizes like oh like too late I realized that like the people I was working against actually were onto something maybe and right. like, now like I'm at the mercy of the uprising that they were they were trying to stoke in the first place but no doesn't yeah. really matter like it could tie in. But it, it doesn't. It doesn't connect. I would even say the character isn't really that important. Functionally, the Marquis within the meat of the movie is just sort of a one of the sidekicks. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't bother me so much that the that there is a framing device being told by someone who is not like a primary point of view character because it wouldn't be the first time that happens. Like, there's oftentimes a narrator who's just like, "I'm the guy who remembers the story. Sit down and shut up." But if it doesn't give you anything, what's the point? Right. No. Yeah, it, it could have given you something, but the movie doesn't really go through trouble connecting the dots. Kind of off of that as well, we should probably just talk about how weird and sprawling and mixed up and confusing this plot is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so here's here's the thing. The plot itself, I think, is very simple and very straightforward. You could write an outline of this plot that makes perfect sense and is very easy to follow. The core plot, yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, the movie itself does not go that way. The movie itself has a lot of little, like, side quests that don't matter. It introduces you to a lot of characters who don't really With matter. full names, first yeah. and last names. Well, I mean, there is a scene early on where, like, he, the, where Manny and... Jo- Gregoire. Go, yeah, Fransac. Go into a room and they're basically just being introduced to all these old white guys in wigs. It's just like, I don't know who any of you are. I'm not going to remember any <laughs> of your names. And most of them don't come back. Right, no, they really don't. The only ones sort of really... like the quote-unquote committee. They yeah, come back right. at some point. Well, see, what, like, I, oh, you don't do it good. what I kept thinking is it, it reminded me of Sleepy Hollow. Same, I was just about to bring that up. Because there's a scene in Sleepy Hollow where Ichabod's being introduced to like, all the town elders and they go around they're like, here's this guy, this is his job. Here's this guy, this is this job. And like, they all do their jobs throughout the movie. So like, you kind of remember who they all are. They, and also, what they're... they also have distinct faces. Right. They also have very distinct wigs. So even if you didn't remember like a guy's name, you could still be like, oh, it's Triangle Wig, or it's the yeah. one who Right, yeah, it's Emperor Palpatine, right. or it's it's Alfred from Batman. But it's just, it's so easy to keep track of who all these old guys are there, at least in terms of like their function in the plot, even if you don't remember the specifics of their name or their job. But here it's just like, I'm introduced to six old guys in a row. I don't know what you're really doing here. I had forgotten who was related to who. I didn't realize that Vincent Cassell was Marianne's brother. I didn't realized that that was his mother. It was just like so many names being bombarded upon me all at once. Um, it's also, I would say, uh, they waste a lot of time with things that I are not only not important to the story, but they're also just not interesting to watch. There's multiple points where Fransac is romancing Marianne, but it's so passionless and cold, and I don't want it. And there's care. also multiple points where he goes to a brothel. What's he doing at the brothel? They had to get Monica Blucher's character yeah. in there somehow. Maybe tits out. I mean, yeah, the brothel at least, like, sort of serves a point at the end when... Because Mon- Monica Blucher has, like, has involvement. Has a character right. and does stuff, but, like, <laughs> they're... There are whole chunks in the beginning that you don't need, like the, the, the extended fight sequence yeah. where Manny is just sort of brought Manny just like he's punching guys. I think the director probably added that in because I think you're supposed to reflect later, like, oh, if they had done nothing, they potentially would have had a. But there's also like five minutes of like, <laughs> by the way, the only time you see them actually hunt for the fucking beast. Yeah. <laughs> when they go into the woods and like. They find an old battleground mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, people died yeah. here. And like, but that that's none of this. What they're talking about right. is nothing. It doesn't right. come up ever again. Right. It's so important. And I mean, also, honestly, I think the um, like the the peasants, the old guy, and I guess his daughter, who like feel like they were going to matter more than they do. Where in the beginning, like we open with like them being pummeled by a bunch of randos, and then like later, um, Manny saves her. Yeah, they keep like sharing looks, and I don't get what they're trying to do. But nonetheless, we're spending time looking at her, and in the end, she still doesn't really matter. She is a focal character with no lines, or no, because she has no purpose. Whenever she enters the scene, the camera's always tracking her movements. Yeah, and she just doesn't do that much. And it's what's well, really weird too, because as soon as 
because like the first scene where you're introduced to like oh she's a witch we got to beat her up because she's a witch and he's like no she's epileptic like does it matter it no. does not matter like does it come she's actually she isn't evil right and so like you think it might come back in some meaningful way where it's like oh this is this is science triumphing over superstition yeah and like that's we're establishing a theme of the movie by doing this no we're not they, she's not she may not be a witch maybe epileptic but she's still a fucking psychopath right yeah. she's still an awful person she's so a, like you know what asshole had you like just let those peasants beat her up we probably would have been in a better place by the end of the movie that's yeah. all i'm gonna say those were the soldiers that was oh was um, it? I, was, I that was the military guy who would dress up his soldiers like women because the lion kept going after women yeah i do remember that in retrospect i honest to god i had such I, I don't think it was just like an issue of the fact that it was subtitled and i had to read the entire movie instead of just hearing it because like i can fucking follow subtitles i'm an adult right but like nonetheless i had such trouble tracking who so many of these people no it's were. really not an issue of the language it's an issue of just like way too much shit happening yeah way too much shit happening and also none of the characters are developed enough with some very notable exceptions for you to really be able to grab onto them it's it's just easy for a lot of characters to just kind of go back down beneath the surface because they didn't really do anything notable they don't really have any traits you can hold on to I'd say the two characters that really present themselves as people with like things going on are Mani and Sylvia yeah. because yeah and those are some weird things going on especially with Sylvia I mean you get Marianne you get like the main characters right, I get like her deal like, and you get she, Vincent Cassell right <laughs> you get, what you get of Vincent Cassell is like is, he's is bad is yeah. like bad he's, he's bad he's gross he's awful he's, he's he is that he's bad but also just like bad of the movie to like just instantly paints someone as like in him well yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> because let's talk about how every time every time he appears in a scene he's sneering well he's wearing red and black he's, he's wearing like the only one to wear like bright vivid red and and dark dark black yeah. and he's usually like He's quite pale. He's fucking like, Vincent Cassell. I don't know what else to tell you. He looks Google like Vincent yeah. Cassell. He looks like he a looks vampire. creepy. Yeah. Yeah, he is like actual Dracula. Yeah. Oh, also, like, I feel like we never got a plot explanation for why he just hides his Dracula hand. I don't know. Okay, you do, okay, here's the reason. The movie reason as to why he does that is so that when you see the guy with the creepy monster hand striking the beast, you think, ah, it cannot be Vincent Cassell because as we know, Vincent Cassell is missing an arm. It's like a pointless, like, boil no, over it, the eyes of the audience. Exactly, exactly. It's like, it's a, it's a plot twist that does not matter because in the end he just reveals, like, it was me, the guy you suspected all along. Also, I have an arm. It also, like, it, it honestly ends up raising more questions. Like, did, like, a witch curse his arm in Africa? Well, it's just like, it what, looks... It no, looks so I mean, strange. It, he's just this kind of fingernails. Right, it's so well, like, then he also has, like, there's, like, weird, like, Well, like, he was mauled. Yeah. He was still mauled. Like, he was mauled by a line. He I says that in the movie. Started. That's why he lost his arm. He says, I lost my arm because a lion mauled me. I assume, IRL, a lion did, like, maul his arm. It just didn't, you know, fall off or something. I got it. Okay. And so, for whatever reason, he chooses to pretend as though his arm had fallen off. Why, in the context of this universe, would he do that? I know not. But we know why in the context of the movie. Right, in the context yes. of the movie, it's a misdirect to make you think the man controlling lion has two arms. So it cannot be him. So, but like, like again, like he could just say like if he's self conscious about it, he could put on a long glove and be like, "I'm sorry, I can't expose my arm. I had an accident." Yeah, just because his kid you know, he's gonna hide it. He doesn't have to like let like, his right. He has like this box. bizarre like uh, corset that like keeps it strapped behind his body at all yeah. times, which like again also like. You know, right? Like, you'd see yeah. this weird lump on his back and be like, hey, there's like something's gone awry with your spine, sir. Yeah, Is that's that why he would sit behind his back. I think so. I thought it was like just right yeah, at the I side. Yeah, it wasn't at the side. Well, then still, he'd be wider than a normal man would be wide. I also think, but maybe that's why he wears so many vampire cloaks. Uh, <laughs> there it is. It's like poetry. <laughs> oh, God. I would also point out that uh, the plot tends to seem to bend itself around excuses to have Mark Dacascos just fight groups of people. In martial arts showdowns. Yeah, he can I mean, do it. In so the French does. country.
countryside. Good at it, but yeah. I feel like you didn't need a lot of that. Yeah, well, I mean, you did. You probably didn't need to do. You probably could have found ways for him to fight that, like, Organically? made sense yeah. in the story and, and weren't pointless. No, and like the first scene is literally just like he's fighting guys. Why is he fighting guys? Like they're just horny for battle, and so they're all fighting each it's other. It's hardly a few scenes in between that and the next fight sequence, which they do not explain. But I have to assume it's like all of these French people who have gotten together for the hunt are like, "Fuck this native guy. We're gonna show." Well, him no, no, fight. that's the one I'm talking about. No, sorry. that's it, the one in that the I'm beginning. Mean. They were yeah. also fighting. Yeah, the beginning. Fighting it's them. it's dumb, but like it makes sense from. Well, I, I rewatched that scene yeah. before we recorded. The, the group fight? Yeah, and at the end of it, he brings the old dude, the old horse doctor, yeah. brings the epileptic lady up to the, the crowd and is like, it's her fault. She started the fight. That's why she runs away when her dad sees her. Uh, they don't say how she started the fight. They yeah. don't say why she started the fight. Okay, but apparently, I, I missed that. It is her fault. I think he's saying that because she had those two weird, like, sex thralls that she, like, made out with and then was, like, egging them on to attack Manny. Probably. Yeah. But then what was her deal? Why? She's got nuts. She's just, like, uh, Yeah, she's an epileptic. She is horny and epileptic. Battle. What do you got? <laughs> she's, she, uh, at the end of the movie, she's just, like... Horny for war. Having an orgasm while men throw knives at her face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mean the ha dance? Yeah. yeah. Ha! Ha! <laughs> she just kind of spins around. Ha, ha, ha. She looks for that knife to come. She dodges it. And then yeah. she goes, ha! <laughs> She's horny for haws. Yeah, it's the plot is very simple, but it gets very bloated very well, quickly. Well, can I also say, it was something that I just thought of now also. There's that scene in the beginning with Marianne and that actor. And, like, the actor's, like, yeah. hitting on her. And then, what's his name? Greg, I don't know. Francac? Francac. I keep wanting to say, like, Francois, but obviously. You want to say Greg? Yeah. Then Greg comes up and is like, oh, hey, you're such a great actor. Like, why don't you go scoot over there and talk to someone else about your acting talents? And so you assume, and then, like, there's a dinner scene later where the actor, like, stands up and he's like, I have a poem about a wolf. Wolf, wolf, wolf. <laughs> and, and so you assume that, like, they're setting up this actor to be That's maybe, literally like. literally what he says. Yeah, it is. Wolf, wolf, wolf. And everyone just sort of, like, awkwardly stares at him. But you assume that they're setting up this character to be kind of, like, a fop or a foil or, a or, like, or, or like a romantic interest and that he's going to keep going after Marianne throughout the entire movie and Greg's going to have to be like oh no no I'm so handsome and studly go for and me instead nope. and he disappears yep. well you'd also think instead of maybe just springing incest on the audience at the very end you might want to present the brother as the romantic rival. I mean, that's so icky, though. It is really icky. It's, I mean, it's icky, but if you're going to do it, you probably should, you should do, do the legwork. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, by the way, also, I want to bag yeah. my sister. <laughs> well, there's a lot of and also. The, the, the plot is so backloaded, and it's weird because this movie is about two and a half hours. But the middle section is mostly left out of the Wikipedia summary for good reason. Nothing of yeah. plot value happens. There's just nothing to actually cover. It's a lot of wandering around in the woods. It's a lot of finding occasional disparate clues, but it always feels like you're just wandering between scenes. Nothing really seems to like have direction. I mean, it's, it's or... all action and no plot because there's no consequence coming from so much of this. Even in the scene <laughs> where like Manny pours pixie sticks into that girl's <laughs> mouth yeah. and she wakes up and the priest is like ah he's he's a witch he witched her and then they like find a clue but it's like all that really matters is that you got the clue at the end of the day we have all this lead up to like him putting magic dust in her mouth and then like oh the priest sees her and what does the priest think but just sort of like doesn't matter you got a clue that's all we yeah. spent like five minutes dancing around this bullshit it's yeah it's a lot one it's it's weird because like all of the interesting things they do cram into the back would have been even better had you made them much more part of the story yeah. Um, including, like, if you're going to have an antagonistic 
conspiracy with a name and like a really big goal, they should be established much earlier in the yeah story. They shouldn't just kind of be because he sees a book at one point, but then many scenes, like a whole act, transpires before they pick back up on that book, right? Which is crazy. Mm. So what I think is odd, and and I like mentioned this briefly in my fix, so I'll repeat myself later on, is that this movie is called The Brotherhood of the Wolf or Le Père des and so for the entirety of the movie, I'm sitting there wondering, what is that? mean what is the brotherhood of the wolf it's not until like the fucking end of the movie that they're like and we are the brotherhood of the wolf like you don't really get an answer to who this group is until then it is so fucking nuts that like the secret society who is not revealed until the end point of the movie is the title for the movie right because i'm just sitting there thinking the entire time like but but who are they like i know that there is a secret group called the brotherhood of the wolf surely this is going to factor in the plot in some way nope surely they'll have a wolf they do not truly the plot is just about the monster it has nothing almost nothing to do with the Brotherhood of the Wolf or their I mean, goals. It has, I think it has a lot to do with the Brotherhood of the Wolf in the sense that they are the people behind it. What I'm just saying is that it, it, it's ludicrous that you don't find out what this group is, what they want, what they're doing until like the end of the movie. Right. So much fucking time passes where you're not really sure what's going on or what the conspiracy is or who's involved in it. You don't even like really suspect who might be involved in it. Also, Except, of course, for Vincent Gassel because from the get-go, he's evil. I also just want to point out, what, what was their story Step two, like bring lion from Africa, put it in crazy armor suit, like raise it to be a stone cold killer, let it just kill a bunch of people, and then profit, profit. <laughs> I think yeah. I, I, I came up. My fix has a bit of an answer for what it could be, but yeah. it's it's it, it, in the movie. It truly doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. Um, I also I also found understanding the plot was made more difficult. Uh, by, by the French people, I agree. Well, I was going to say by its structure. Yeah, that's And right. how things were kind of shot and put together and edited. So I looked, I actually I also looked through the... they didn't support us after 9-11. Disgusting. <laughs> I looked through the, the movie again and at that, that scene, that uh, that transition that confused me the most, which, which is when one? I yelled oh, about is it the how winter much one? time had passed. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> so I, there are, it is in the subtitles, we were a little distracted by trying to figure out what was the fuck was, was happening. <laughs> but they say it was, so were they, so okay, it's the movie. They get there, it's like nighttime, it's rainy, whatever. Right. It's like, it looks normal. It, uh, autumn-y. I assume autumn-y. like autumn yeah. yeah. And they go on a little fun hunt. Right. And then they have some whoring. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> the whore's body turns into snow. That's right. And oh yeah, Monica, you, it's a crazy, <laughs> it's a crazy <laughs> match cut transition. A fucking nuts transition between her naked her bodies. Breasts. Her yeah. breasts. Specifically. Her breasts turn into two mountains. Yeah. Two, two like little like, like foothills. Yeah. And then her face is like fading into the earth as well. Yeah. It's not uh, dumb. And it's snowing. Right. And they say the weeks pass. Right. Unspecified how many weeks right. there is, but it's been weeks. But the, also, when he gets there, it's also confusing because he says, like, the Lord has been in, in power for yes. two years. Yeah. And the wolf has been in a problem for two and a half years. Right. So, like, uh, so it's been weeks since Frontsack's been there, but the wolf has been around for, like, years. Yeah. Right. Already. Close to years. three. I, believe, I think by the end of yeah. the movie, it's been around for about three years. So, like... He, I don't know if he's just the latest in a long line of like folks they get to sh- come down and like investigate what the fuck is going on with so, this Yeah, how how does that work? So like the guy in the beginning with his men dressed as women, is he like he's the military? Subor- okay, so is he like the subordinate to this guy? And they just keep working their way up no, the ladder. This, he was he was the, he was the first guy that was sent with like a military detachment. Okay. They they kind of indicate with some other lines that he was involved. In some other armed conflict, like, kind of close by, and that the orders were just, like, go and fix this. And that was apparently, like, 
they did in real life blow through a bunch of people trying to figure out like what was this giant wolf thing killing people because it was like a, a legend but like people were dying uh, yeah no and I, I'm, I'm sure they certainly did but it's just it's very difficult to track in this movie who has done what prior to this guy showing up I think mm-hmm. it was just the military and I, I as far as I can tell it's just that like I don't really understand the French court system that much, but Franzak is some sort of knight. Yes. I don't know what that means. He's I don't know if he's quite high up there. I don't know if he earned it or if he's noble or he just did a good, he's like really smart and he got this position somehow, but he, it just seems like the king just sent him out to be like, you know, you seem like you'd be able to figure it out. Go do it. Because he's a member of the king's garden. He's a naturalist? He's a naturalist. He's a naturalist. He's, he's been around the places. world. He knows a lot about yeah. animals or something. But he's he was in the military for a long while. Right. In America. French but it feels like that, literally that is why he's there, because the king has sent him. Mm-hmm. So maybe it never attracted the attention of the king before. Maybe before it was just like... A local one. Somebody was like, sends military, whatever. Mm-hmm. And now the, now it's, something has happened where the king is like, this that now needs to be dealt with before yeah. I look like a fool or whatever. Right. I don't know. But anyway, so it has been like months, but the, the thing that's confusing about it and why it took me another rewatch to get this is because there are a lot of times where like a scene will fade into something else. And I've had, I asked like five times, is this a flashback? Because there's a bit where like Manny's looking into the night and they're explaining that like, he, oh, I met him in America and it <laughs> fades to nothing and yeah. it fades to a church. And I'm like, is this church in America? Yeah. <laughs> this time he met Manny? Nope. That happens That's several times. Right. There's all, yeah, there's another point too where we cross, we fade to like the infirmary or whatever. And I thought there was like it was a flashback to like Manny as a kid or something. But yeah. then like adult Manny just wanders over, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess it's not. Yeah, there's a lot of fades. Things that really like audiences are trained to see as right. one thing. Exactly. It's not. It's, you you believe like a fade is like a passage of time in some yeah. way. And it's just and it's, it's usually not. just like not next scene for them. Yeah. It's, and there's also like it's very strange too because there are fades used in the same scene. Like there's a scene where I I think it's Sylvia walking someplace and we fade to her being further away yes. it's just like why she's why like, did you fade to her like walking further in the distance she's approaching the jail and then it's a fade and then she yeah. moves forward like six feet yeah <laughs> it's just like like what well, like you're just doing this now because you think fades are fun like well, this isn't like you're not using a fade to tell a story you're using a fade because you think it looks neat now i'm no expert i did not go to film school but i would say that the fades and the weird misleading transitions between scenes uh, just seems to be a misunderstanding of film language. Uh, on who's like on like you mean on the director's part because well, if he's if he's doing these like soft I mean, like flashback setups, it is a weird choice. Like, yeah. Either the editor or the director is responsible for making that choice, and it doesn't. It's it's not like you don't have to. It's not like it always means that one right. thing, but like it is just it, it just feels like it is like almost intentionally using them in a way obtru- like obtru- obtru- right like or it's uh, trying to like cause disorientation yeah. or something, but like it's not really because the story is not about disorienting you, the audience. So I, I like if that's if that's not your intention, I don't know what your intention is. I also would like to call out the completely extraneous and gratuitous use of slow-mo throughout this movie. Oh yeah, there's a fuck ton of like, it just cuts to slow-mo. But it's never used in an interesting way. It's no. always just like... It just, it's like a way to waste time. Or, or, how about the woman who was like caught in that mud pit and there's two different times where she slow-mo turns, freeze frame, slow-mo turns, yeah. freeze frame. It looked like a paparazzi was taking <laughs> But even if you understand, even once you understand what's happening with those fades, it mm-hmm. is, I don't like the way that the story takes the place over like weird blocks of time with right. great gaps in between them. How about when they jump 
from him being like, they're like, yeah, there's a new guy that the king is sending to take care of this. And then they jump, no explanation, yeah. to Fronsac someplace else next on to a boat. boat. In a, yeah. yeah, in, on, in Paris. In Paris, which we did not realize at first. Right. I yeah. thought he was just at like a nearby port or something getting onto a boat. But no, he's in fucking Paris. Disorienting is the word for it. This movie like does not tell you. And there are things you could do that you could have like a little fucking Chiron at the bottom. Yeah. Like back in Paris. Right. Yeah, yeah. Weeks later. Right, right. Or even just, I don't know, have the characters outright state right away, like yeah. passage of time or where we are. Yeah, like it's absurd. Like, it, it, yeah, there, there's weeks where, so from the whorehouse, when it first maybe goes to the whorehouse, <coughs> to like the church where the next victim is revealed. That's weeks. Right. Yeah. And then when he's sort of like disgraced and it has to go back home because he's giving up. To the next scene, that's another unknown amount of massive weeks, but winter's over when he goes back to right. spring again. Right. It looks then, beautiful in Paris, incidentally. Yeah. I have to imagine something was lost in the cut because there were a few cuts of this movie. Right. So, yeah, there is. We think we watched, what was it, like the British cut or something? We either watched the British cut or the American cut. Okay. Because both have the new guy, all the new guy scenes are completely cut out. Mm -hmm. um, but I think maybe part of what got left on the floor was also the scene that explains where right. he was going. I mean, I don't want to say I wished we watched the longest version of this because I don't want to spend that much more time on it, but like a little part of me wishes I knew precisely what was cut out of this version that we saw. <laughs> There's also like, so towards the end too, the summary erroneously describes Fransak as being overcome by all the people in the catacombs, but like that's, it's it's more confusing than that. He f goes to the catacombs, right. he kills a fuck ton of dudes. Right. And, and he, he leaves. And he like hears people coming and he's, yeah. he escapes and right. he's like burning his friend's body Right, the next and he's morning. like, Mary, isn't Marianne there too or something? He's like talking to Someone's her. Someone's she's talking to someone. Yeah, and then like the guys just go up to him and be like, hey, you're arrested by yeah, the way. Yeah, you're arrested. And then knocks him out. Yeah. Instantly. Right, so it's not like they, like, capture him there in the catacombs and drag yeah. him away. Like, he has be, free time to kill but him. But it wouldn't be the local authorities. But then why, not, even, why even have the scene of him getting arrested if you're only going to have the guys get knocked out? You know what I mean? Huh? No, he needs to get arrested. Yeah. For the plot to progress. I'm sorry, go ahead then. So Greg has to get arrested in that scene yeah, because but, he has to go to jail. I don't understand why it happens the next Right, part. I don't understand like, why it happens and in a different way, scene. Why is it arrested? It should just get conked out in the place with the evil right. guys because the, the police can't arrest him. The police are on the side of the king, ostensibly. Right. Unless so, the whole town's right. in this fucking conspiracy. Yeah, that's the, that is a thing too, right? I'm unclear at the end of the day who is really involved in the Brotherhood of the Wolf in this town. Like, yeah. The implication, I guess, is that every town elder is involved in it somehow. And I'm unclear if he actually was arrested in that scene or if they just said like we're going to arrest you. And threw him somewhere. And then immediately just cocked him out and threw him in their dark evil yeah. version. Right? Like I don't know if he's in a real I guess he is in a. I guess because Sylvia knew where to Sylvia find him. Goes right? to She's find just him. like if you think you but like, like Sylvia has her ways. What are they arresting True. him for? Yeah. All he's done is kill a bunch of fucking Right I know shouldn't he ghoulies? just say shouldn't he say to them like incidentally let me tell you what I just found out. Yeah. Like there's a beast in this place. Also, Your boy killed my boy. Yeah. But then what was his Also plan? Chris I don't think they're gypsies. You keep saying gypsies and I I was trying to find online it just calls them peasants um, the person who had shown me this movie initially had said that way and I think that that's what had like sunk into my head plus a lot of them are darker skin than a lot of the other people so I don't think it's without merit I guess Epilepsia is but her father isn't Epilepsia I'm not sure that's her father I don't know if it is. I just assumed it was because he was an older guy who was with her and like explaining things to people. Like, oh no, no, she's not possessed. She I just has. He does a, say like, it's my daughter's fault when he brings her over. Oh yeah. Oh, he does say that's that. That's right. right. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Uh, but I also don't understand what Greg's plan was. He's just gonna drop into their hideout, <laughs> massacre when he was them, just and mad. then. 
Mad about Manny. <laughs> Aren't we all? We are. We're, we, so yeah. he, he was just having a revenge frenzy, I guess, and he wasn't thinking clearly. <laughs> I also noticed he doesn't do action things until that point. He spends the whole movie yeah. letting Manny fight the fight. Because he goes into berserker rage once Manny is killed. Right. Yeah. It does he ever. He really doesn't show himself. Like, he, he really isn't a badass, is he? Not no. Like, he Not until the end. Yeah. Well, because it's also weird then, because then he puts on, like, Manny's face paint during that scene. Ooh, I did not like that. Well, I mean, it's, it's just goofy to me. That, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it looks it, very silly. Yeah, no, it does. Like, even beyond, like, any sort of, you know, if you want to talk about cultural appropriation in, like, 1700s France, whatever, it just looks dumb, I think, that he's wearing his face paint. Like, he shows up glaring, covered in black face paint. It's like, looks like, yeah, like 1700s Rambo, essentially. Yeah. He does. Yeah, it, yeah, it's goofy. It feels out of place. Whereas on Manny, it looks quite like <laughs> striking and cool and yeah. yeah but also still appropriation because he's not a yeah. <laughs> also true <laughs> the, much is made out of his like native past and totems which was also kind of cringy none of Man, that, that was a long with, scene with any level of elegance by the yeah. way that was, all like, that was a long scene of Manny going up to clasping people's hands and being like oh you're, you're, you're a, a cat you're a worm <laughs> yeah no, yeah, that was that was. Well, actually, that was interesting. I thought it was weird that the marquee, the little like mullet boy mm-hmm. Thomas, it was like, "I'm a bookworm." Yeah, he wanted to be a worm. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, I thought he was. What, cute, he's yeah. a snake or something. He was a wise snake. A wise snake. And it's, but he's a marquee. Like it's weird that he was like, yeah, "I'm fine with it. I like books." Yeah, like, no, he's fun. Marquis de Twink is a character who I wish we spent more time on. Honestly, yeah. uh, he aged quite well. Look him up on Wikipedia. Yeah. You won't be sad. Yeah, not in the movie though. Um, yeah, he's not. He's not good looking in the movie. Well, I mean, I, I guess a life of. Writing his memoirs by candlelight and drinking wine while the peasants <laughs> yeah. really took a toll on his appearance. Yeah. yeah, he at least got rid of the mullet. But uh, yeah, yeah, as as you were saying, Lee, the 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 Native American identity is not handled with any elegance, respect, or tact no, in this movie. He's not about totems for a long time. Yeah. I think the movie he thinks it's being quote respectful. unquote miracle cures that like it just seems to be powdered that you spread on yeah. someone's face and they wake up. And it's from in his bracelet. He keeps it in his bracelet. Yeah. I don't know if the movie thinks it's being respectful. I think the movie just thinks whatever it's doing is okay. I don't think the movie thinks it's being offensive, is what I'm saying. Well, but I, it doesn't. But, here's but the I thing. think the movie is patting itself on the back a little bit, being uh, like, this native guy is showing those racist French people what's up. I, yeah, I wouldn't say it's like, I, I don't think the movie is like thinking that like we're doing a good job here. I think the movie is just thinking that like it's, it's cool. Right. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Doing this cool Native American yeah, this shit. is totally fine. Look yeah. shit. Native yeah. American martial arts. Yeah. I, listen, I don't, I don't, I have not done extensive research about, you know, like Mohawk customs, uh, but I, you know, I don't think I. I need to to know that they did not do that research either. <laughs> it all seems like very surface level. Yeah. Like, all right, Chotam's check mark. He's right. Magic. He's magic. To the trees. Yeah. Check mark. He, he has a connection to the wolves. Yeah. Has a wolf friend. Gives yep. someone mushrooms. Yep. That was kind of a missed opportunity. He well, gives. It's just weird. He, like, he, he gives Marquis to Twink mushrooms. Right. And then the only thing he imagines is like the wolves chasing. The Beast. Right, so, like, it didn't matter. <laughs> and it wasn't, like, cool to watch. It no, it was just wolves chasing it. Like, why? It wasn't, like... What did I learn? Yeah. Like, you think it was... I don't I know. I mean, I get it. You don't always learn stuff when you're on mushrooms, but I, the viewer, should learn something. Let's uh, also just put in a note about how are the effects and production values? <laughs> I mean, okay, so I think the movie looks fine, for the most part. The one thing for that the does... it does. Yeah, yeah, the one thing that does not... Hold up. Is the CG. Is the Beast, which looks like a PS2 cutscene. I think that the problem, part of it is the design of it. I hate the design. It's a goofy design. It's a very goofy design. So it's ostensibly a lion. It's covered in armor that is made of leather, question mark. And and straps. But there's also plates of metal. Metal, yeah. And like, so it, it, like, its mouth is entirely covered. So it has like metal jaws. Yeah. And you can see its eyes. And that's really all you can see. Yeah. It has like sort of like bone too, I think, working. Yeah. 
It's just, it's just, it's, it's a weird looking. Co- basically, like the premise is just that he dressed this line up in a costume to make it confusing as to what it is that's attacking you. It's an incredibly busy design as well. The, the the texture of the straps and the leather is very confusing to the eye when you look at it. Yeah. And then the the way the spikes are just sort of this like highly concentrated hedgehog. like yeah. hedgehog, but it's like all in just in one place. It's all the mane would be on the lion. Yeah. yeah. Like, or the hackles on but a bolt. Yeah. it ends up looking so weird in movement because it looks, I don't know, it always well, looks it, stiff and It odd. looks bad in movement because the CGI has not held up well. It, like, it, it's one of those things that happens a lot with like, there's like the 98 Godzilla movies a particularly egregious example of this where it looks like the creature has no actual weight. Yeah. So like it, it like it bounces kind of and it looks like there's no heft to it because like this again, this was fairly early on. We didn't know what we were doing. This is probably I don't know, presumably maybe it's some French studio who like is sort of just like starting to figure out how to do CGI maybe. So the creature just does not look believable when it moves just because it doesn't look like it's there. It looks like it's superimposed onto the scene like a fucking color form or something. Like you should just be able to like peel it right off the screen yeah. when you see it. Because like it just, there, there's no effort made into integrating it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean the costumes are, mm-hmm. are interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. I like some um, all of Sylvia's looks. Yeah. I like her church look. Yeah. And I like her uh, prison visiting outfit. Love her prison visit As you outfit. said, very Bloodborne <laughs> chic in a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, Bloodborne is obviously just ending off at the same time period, but like they have these, <laughs> these like leather dusters with like the gators and the... And like the tricorn hats. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, I, I like Marianne's outfit. For, like I like the one that she wears when she's riding in the beginning where yes. it looks like a men's jacket kind of, but mm-hmm. I, I, it's not, I guess, but it just looks yeah. like one. Uh, it's, it's a good look and I, I, I kind of wish the movie had done a little bit more with her outfits in terms of that because a lot of times she's just wearing like a normal dress, like the dress that you'd expect a woman in her position to wear, but I kind of like the tomboy Me too. look a little bit more than I that. wish I carried that through more in the character. Yeah, no, I do too. Uh, because there's that moment <laughs> where it's like, she should learn to ride like a woman, like we can't, we can't stop her. Yeah. But then in general, I would not call her an irrepressible like Tom no she's not I mean she's aside from the fact that she likes to ride her horse around with the guys when they're looking for the wolf she doesn't really do anything anything that you would consider to be like out of the ordinary for a woman in that time period it's just like a normal woman she's just the one to like be married off to some schmuck yeah (laughs) which is a pretty normal you know I feel you hon the 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 other thing I just wanted to put in for production values uh, was they kind of go soul caliber close to the end with like uh, Sylvia has like a bladed fan that she uses oh yeah to oh. cut the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> epilepsy and Victor yeah. Cassell has like that sword that's made out of bones whip sword yeah but also it extends so like when he throws it the blade segments and there's chains connecting each segment of the blade but like how does it retract um they didn't think that far I know, clearly right either I'd have to check the years on this I don't know who stole what I don't know if it's soul caliber or uh, this movie came up soul caliber would have come would have had their first few installments before this movie. That I think they were just ripped off the whip sword. Which, like, look, a whip sword looks cool, but no, it, it does work in practice. No, physics don't well, add up. And also, with those effects, it looked very awkward. Yeah. Because there would be these kind of push-in shots of it flying through the air. Well, there, it's, it's just it kind becomes, of right. It becomes CGI whenever he's, like, actually throwing it, kind of. And there are a few practical shots of him holding the whip where it, it looks like an actual whip because it's physically there. But there are other times where, again, it just looks much like the lion, like it's not there. Yeah. Also, I guess in retrospect, the other thing I'm wondering, 
And maybe there's a reason for this I'm just not thinking through. Why did they bother dressing up the lion in the first place? Couldn't you just say, there's a lion? And people would be like, that's fucking ridiculous. How is there a lion in France? Like, clearly there's not a lion killing people. So, like, how is it any better? Maybe, by... maybe it's too easy to trace that back to Vincent Cassell. Vincent Cassell. I guess it could be. And I guess the idea also maybe is if you have it armored, it's harder to kill. But, like, it's also more fearsome. And I also yeah. think... You know how there's, like, that shot of that woman just being, like, he's, the, the beast is clearly grabbed by the waist. <laughs> Waving her by her ankles. Woo, 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 yeah. woo, woo. But just, like, repeatedly smashing her into the, I don't think a lion could have done that without the huge metal jaw. I mean, I don't think a lion could have done that, period. Right, but, but yeah. you know what I mean. I, I think it was meant to make it, like, more. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Like, as, as I say it, I get why you would. I still think it's a little goofy that it, they did They never the even place. say why, they don't explain why it's just women. Yeah, that's true. Why is it just women? Yeah, you'd think it would have been targeted, especially with, like, Creepo, Vincent, Cassell. Right. And yeah. so, like, what's more like... so, you'd think that, like, more than just, like, randomly killing women, you'd think you'd want to just make a show. You'd want to make sure that there was always someone seeing it at yeah. the right angle so that it looks super weird and spooky. What I, I feel like you'd also probably want to explicitly target people. Maybe you'd want to target people of prominent houses so that it becomes more of a problem for the king or something. Right. Like, yeah. Instead, they're just going after, like, random peasant women. I mean, in that way, the plot is really just like shitty Sleepy Hollow because they at least yeah. like had a goal. Yeah. This, <laughs> I, this reminds me a lot of Sleepy Hollow and I love Sleepy Hollow. Me too. This I do not care for. This is, that's maybe what, like I, if I had to guess, I would say that that's maybe the closest thing to what their aim was. Is yes. By killing a bunch of peasants and the king not doing anything about it. It makes the king look Fomenting yeah. dis, like, disorder because the people are like, oh, the king doesn't care about us. He's yeah, not stuck that guy. Yeah. Let's get into characters slash actors, everyone. I think this might be relatively quick. Yeah. We, we, yeah. We've dipped into the ones we already love, but um, let's start up at the top with Fronsac. I just want to say a quick top note about all of these people is that <laughs> at least the start, I thought all of them looked horrible. Yeah. They yeah. A couple Fr of them grew on you. Fronsac's hair is terrible. First of all, he's... I assume it's dyed blonde or it's a wig. I don't know. I think it's a wig. Okay, it's it's a wig. It's a blonde wig. It looks terrible on him. Awful. He has, like, strands of hair in his face. It's not a good look. It's too young for a man of his age. It is. And, I, like, he just looks like... I, I don't know. There's something... Like, he just looks a little bit older. And he looks a little bit, like... Like, I don't want to say bloated because, like, bloated implies, like, fat. But, like, he looks like he's not, like, gaunt. He has he has some age on his it, face. Yeah, and it just looks, it makes him look like like he's, like, trying to reclaim his lost youth when he has, like, this stringy hair in front of his eyes. And so, like, and then, like, it looks kind of better toward the end when he just has it pulled back. But honestly, blonde was just not a look that they should have done. I'm not yeah. sure that you could describe him with character traits very much. He's, he wouldn't get very he's far. He's cocky. He's cocksure. Yeah, he's, and he's intelligent, I guess. He's learned. He's smart. He's, like, cultured. He's... Uh, I think they're. I think they were going for a bit of an Errol Flynn type, but they, they, they you never see him do physical things. Yeah, yeah, not, not until the end. end. Most of what he does is sort of bravado his way through situations, right? Like, like charm people and talk and, and be smart and show off a furry fish. Yeah. yeah, like he does do like. You a couple times do see him do some leg work, some investigatory leg work. So right, but it's all very like I, I feel like it's stuff that I could have done, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> but he, 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 that's ostensibly and sooner. And I wish that they, I wish it was more defined because like it, what it does seem to me is that like Manny is more of like the like like the physical the guy, muscle. right? Like the brain, well, yeah, yeah. And like it doesn't because he doesn't seem to do much. He does. He's good with a gun, right? But he just seems like just one of those, you know, uh, gentleman types yeah. in the, of the of yore. Like he's a dashing right. gentleman. Right, knows right. how to shoot a gun. He's smart and knows things. I mean, you mentioned him, so let's get into Manny. I mean, also, sorry, I don't want to yeah. keep going back to the Sleepy Hollow well, but like when you were saying, like 
Like, it works with Ichabod because you know what his deal is when you meet him. You see that he is a, a constable. He, yeah, he's a nerd. He's yeah. a neurotic. Right. He, like, he's been studying strange concepts, and he's aware of the idea of, like, how science can be used to help his job. But here it's just, like, he shows up and people say, oh, he's a naturalist. Oh, he knows things. Like, what does he know? He knows the things. But he doesn't yeah. use a lot of naturalism. No. There's, like, talk of him having a, some sort of reputation with the king. Right. But not not about what that kind, what it is. Yeah. And it's also, it's super weird to me that the king is not a factor in this movie like the, they, they mention him the king matters in the He's sense mentioned quite a bit right but like he doesn't have a lot of effect on the story and you feel like in in a story like this where the villains are the ones seeking to overthrow the king the king should matter more like yeah. the king should have some sort of impact or presence if not the king directly then there should be someone outranking greg who shows up like halfway through the movie and is like get your fucking shit together the king is pissed with all the it, sticking around it, they should at least give you an impression of what kind of king he is within the world of this no story. one yeah the thing is no one really talks about him much they yeah. they mention him but they don't say like you don't yeah, know like what his deal is like yeah. bad king. right and, like you the, i don't really what's weird to me is that Fronzak is here on the king's orders but I don't know if he likes the king is he yeah, friendly with the king right. is he just like doing his job how do any of them feel about the king aside yeah. from brotherhood who we know do not care for him but like yeah. what does Marianne think about the king what's the Marquis think about the king I don't know he's the king anyway Manny Manny <sighs> he's, he's, he's fun he's, he's hot he's fine he's, he's very hot. hot he gets to wear a loincloth toward the end of the movie it's great then unfortunately he dies and I, I mean, oh interest. it is yeah it, it is utter bullshit that he dies yeah. in this movie complete yeah. well especially where it happens is crazy because you you realize it's like two barely two thirds of the way through the movie is when he's killed off. Yeah, I mean mm -hmm. he's done most of the work. Up yes, there. yeah. He's healing people. Yeah, he's right. tracking. Right. He's fighting. He takes out quite a few goons. Yeah, before they end up taking him down. Although, like, I, I mean, maybe he just didn't know like there was gonna be like thirty guys in there. But I do have to wonder, like, like couldn't you like? Why go, would you go in alone? Couldn't you go right. find the catacombs and be like, like hey, like I got it. Yeah, he goes right up. No, right he up in there. He, Leroy Jenkins. That's yeah, stuff. He, yeah just, he does. I think as a character, it's uh, it, it kind of goes back to our concerns about how a Native American identity is handled in this movie. There's that, but I think be, but, like I think that that's just like the dressing on the character. I think that the character is actually. Uh, I was worried when you said that there was this like because you described him as like silence he does have lines they're not a lot of lines but i do think that like the actor does a pretty good job giving him like a solid personality yeah, he's, mm -hmm. he's more fun than i thought he would yeah, be like, like i he, thought this was gonna be like the stereotype of like this glowering like cigar store indian just like glaring at everyone the entire yeah, time yeah just being a mystic or whatever yeah. but he's but kind he's of funny like, fun. sometimes he's like down yes. to go whoring with the he's down a clown. yeah and like there's that bit when he's doing that fight when uh like everyone's sort of, sort of like battle royaling him in the center of the pit that, like, two of the guys walk up and he just, like, makes a face at one of them. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. He, like, sticks his tongue out at one to be like, come on, <laughs> bro. And I was like, oh, what a fun... This guy's, like... He's got, like, more spark and personality than I, than I expected him to have. Honestly, he's he's a more interesting character. No, he's way more interesting than Fronzak. No, he is, and that's why I lose interest in the movie when he dies. Because, like, I just, like, the character I like... Yeah, I think that they didn't... Like, Fronzak is, like, they used a, a very bland template that you can use for a character, but they didn't do anything with that template. Right. And Manny, they actually expanded upon and did right. something with. Well, they did something a little different, I think. Yeah. Which I appreciated. Do we want to talk about... Marquis de Twink? Marquis de Twink? He's a twink. He's a twink. I mean, unclear what his position actually is. That's what Marquis de But he has a grandfather? But yeah. he's the one in charge, I think. Oh, okay. At least, like, at a certain point, he is. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little unclear as to, like, the hierarchy of their family specifically, but... He's helpful. He's nice. He he's kind fun. of secures social connections. Bad he haircut. Fight. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Vincent Cassell? 
He's I mean, Vincent Cassell. He really takes it up there. It's really yep. 211, that performance. Yep. But it's always there. Like, there's no easing into it. He's a villain out of the box immediately. No, and I agree. Yeah, and that's it's the not problem like a, I have with him. It's not like a hollering, seed-devouring performance. It is just, like, slimy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just, just like, like, he's just, like, glaring at people yeah. from the get-go. And it's just like, it, again, it's like the fucking, it's like fucking Attack of the Clones, right? Where, like, now, like, Queen Amidala comes in, she's like, hey, I think Count Dooku's trying to kill me. And they're like, no, 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 it's not Count Dooku. It's gotta be someone else. So the end, Count Dooku's like, surprise, I'm trying to kill you. It's like, well, yeah, of course you fucking are. But we already know that you are, because you told us from the get-go. And Vincent Cassell just, like, slithers on into the screen and starts shooting looks at people. You're just like, oh, you think this is the villain? The guy dressed all in red with a black tunic? You think he might be bad? Yeah. No, he's... Who's always, like, yeah, glaring at people or kind of just doing weird, like, ghostly vampire things. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's wild. What about Sylvia? Um, I find her interesting, but there's, like, literally nothing about her as a character. Yeah. Like, Similar to Manny, I think this could have gone in a direction where she was, her entire function in the movie was TNA. And she definitely is that, but she does have more to do. I, I which guess. I, I mean, she has more to do by virtue of the fact that her character has another role in the story. But it's not like the fact, it's not like she is just a prostitute who happens to have more to her as a person. It's that she has this secret job that she's not right. telling you about. So yeah. it's not like, I think it's a little bit different from Manny, where Manny is like, he has a personality that differs differentiates from a stock character. Hers is different by virtue of the fact that she has a role in the plot. To That's play. a good point. There's so many like things you don't think about too, like how like I guess she was trying to meet with him in the whorehouse to start with, but like how did you set that up? Like right. how did you know that he was gonna want wander down to you? She yeah. read she read the cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not good. Uh, I like her little bladed fan that Love she it. uses once and then yeah. never again. I like her weird sex veil that she puts on in that first scene that she's having sex with him. Yeah, it does seem like the rules don't apply if you're a spy for the Pope. The, ru- the rules right. of Christianity yeah. don't apply. You can fuck. Right. You can you kill. You can use pagan you got that card. You got that get it a hell free card, yeah. baby. You do you. Yeah, I wonder if like her service is what's Are you referring to it? You've said this way. Are you referring to an actual card? The Pope gives you a card that says no hell. No, it's like indulgence. You buy indulgences. Oh, okay. I'm not, I wasn't even referring okay. to that. I'm just referring to in the abstract sense. The Pope probably says like, you know. So hey. you're saying like, there's, this is not an actual thing about Catholicism I never knew. This is just like presumably if you're working for the Pope, the Pope will just at the end of the day be like, you can get a damn. I mean, yeah. I'm Lutheranly. I know you're Lutheran. What do you want me to say? I don't know anything about the Pope. I, I, it sounded like I wouldn't have waited. No, no, she's just saying, saying card. I know. Like, you, it sounded I like know. you knew something about Catholicism that I didn't know. Right. That the Pope gives out cards. Like, Maybe he does. Cards. <laughs> Look, I saw I'd be into that. I saw the Da Vinci Code. The Pope is up to some weird shit. Hey guys, maybe that's a plot point in the two popes. I bet it is. Uh, okay, and I guess to round out characters, Marianne? Nothing. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's, I, she, I wish she did more. Right. You, you get like you get a hint that she's more interesting than she actually is because, yeah. again, there's a scene where she's riding the horse. You get the fun outfit, all that fun stuff. But then, like, for the rest of the movie, she's behaving the way you would expect an honest-to-God woman, like, to behave or, at that and, time. And, and she just sort of fades away from any interest and, and becomes, like, a love interest. Yeah. And then she dies yeah. at the end, but she gets better. Like, it's also, like, it comes out of fucking nowhere. The, okay. where the Mar- How's Marianne? She's dying. Yeah, with Marquis, <laughs> oh, like, hey, shit. she's dying, you better get over here. And so he sprinkles pixie dust into her mouth, and then we wander, like, away. We flash to the future. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, holy shit, she died. Like, he didn't save her, and yeah. she died. And, and, like, you see the Marquis writing more in his memoirs, talking about shit. And they, like, reveal at the end that she's on, that he, like, flashes back to them on a boat together. Yeah. So, like, I guess she did survive. But it's, why was she dying? <laughs> That's what happens when you get raped. Plot expediency, yeah. I yeah, I guess complications from rape. Which um, is also an unfortunate decision this this movie made. Yep. To have her to just randomly to have her rape. Have her get raped? Yes, yeah. it is. No time to deal with that though. Story's nope. Over. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> 
Gotta talk more about uh, Sylvia's dresses. Yeah. You know, guys, listen, maybe, maybe those scenes were cut in favor of more martial arts. Yeah. I mean, does anyone else have any other characters they want to pick up? That's kind of it. Who else is there? Like, there's no, no one. How about, how about the weird mom who just, like, nods very weirdly? Oh, yeah. That's what I thought. Okay, I'm going to address this because there's a scene where Vincent Cassell is, is again having, is having a, a discussion with Sardi. Randomly like, by the way, I want to fuck my sister so bad yeah. it's really killing me. Yeah. And Sardi's like, you know there's only one solution. And then he turns to the her, her mom, mom. Yeah, who's standing there like watching them. And like nods at the mom and the mom nods back and I was like, are they condoning him to go fuck his sister? <laughs> well, it's also not only, it's not just a nod. It's like, she's a, like oh, repeated, but she has she like her mouth open. Right. She looks terrified, but she's like nodding her head like yes yes that's it that's it and it's an emphatic nod like it's a yeah it's like it's a very weird yeah. and then you find out that they poisoned her no milk. they're trying to poison her <laughs> but I really did think for a second that they were like oh yeah saying, yeah well, alright I guess we'll yeah. call our which by the way daughter. that would follow because they just said nothing about poisoning <laughs> yeah. right it's yeah it's, it's weird well there's only they one were, way to solve your they problem they were supposed to be relieved that they're poisoning her and not condoning her <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't think... I, yeah, I mean, there's one really better. <laughs> were they trying to imply this has always been an issue for him, and that's, like, he goes to Sardi for help? They were I telling guess. you, and the, the, the way that all great stories do instead of showing you. Yes. Yeah. Literally said, <laughs> By like, like, three quarters of the yeah. way through. Incidentally, I've had a hard-on for my sister this entire time. Yeah. Oh, God, this movie's long. All right. Fixes? Uh, I can go first. You can you can uh, fix it? I got the fix. So this starts from what I do like about this movie and it goes back to kind of how I feel about Sleepy Hollow too, where it's like this weird mashup of cinematic genres and it attempts to tell a story about an actual unexplained event in French history that was in reality probably a lot more boring than I like to imagine it was. So what you have to do is you narrow the focus of the story where it's the beast of Gévaudan business is the focus as it is here, but in the movie it gets bogged down a lot of weird narrative and directorial shit and it makes the movie hard to follow and become emotionally invested in because I am not at all emotionally invested in this movie. Basically, you gotta prune down some of the weirder shit, like Jean-Francois having a weird monster hand, or Jean-Francois wanting to fuck his sister, or Jean-Francois being an obvious villain within five seconds of meeting him. So, you gotta spend more time propelling the action of the plot, and less time on antics, like the fist fights, or the peasants who are part of the Brotherhood, but maybe against their will, but we won't worry about it, so don't deal with it, or lengthy trips to gawk at prostitutes. So, I feel like there, there's an intrinsic danger in me trying to do this, because I know almost nothing about French history. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to give it a stronger sense of time and place. It's weird to me that the Brotherhood is focused on bringing down the king, but the king never shows up or is really featured, or there's not, like, a proxy, like I said, someone who outranks Fransac and is constantly, like, breathing down his leather scarf, being like, she gets a job done. My understanding is that Louis' reign basically set the stage for the French Revolution after the fact. The, the interesting hook from that is that the Brotherhood might actually be in the right in their attempt to undermine the king, and it would be kind of interesting to play up that as more of a contrast, where Fransac starts out as someone who is, like, really devoted to the king and thinks it's a great thing and then realizing the reality of the situation is he spends more time with these peasants and the people of France outside of where he lived in Paris and realizing that like while the king might be a bad ruler like he doesn't necessarily support the Brotherhood's radical means of forcing change. Quick character breakdown. We got Fransac who is a clever and athletic knight who spent a great deal of time abroad but very little time in France itself outside of Paris. We've got Manny, his Iroquois companion who's pretty much the same as he's in the movie except he doesn't die. Jean-Francois is an amiable 
amiable rogue from a wealthy family who comes off as charming and fun, but is actually a secret member of the Brotherhood, which will be a twist, and we find that out at the end. Marianne is Jean-Francois' sister, who is sort of how she is in the movie, but like a little more adventurous and less shielded from the ways of the world, so she is more of like that tomboy character that I want her to be. Sylvia is the same as she is in the movie, but we find out at the end of Act 1 that she's secretly a papal spy, because it's weird to me that it, that comes out so late in the game, mm-hmm. whereas like I think it makes her character more interesting from the get-go, instead of just like, oh, I'm your stock prostitute character. Like, we instantly find out, like, oh, there's more going on to her, and she has, like, an actual job, and she's not just here as, like, this, you know, this fuckable woman for everyone right. to gawk at. Thomas, the Marquis de Twink, is the youthful, wide-eyed, inexperienced one. He's the son of, like, the region's noblemen, so he hangs around with the group, probably because, like, his father, like, fobbed him off on them, was like, help my son hit puberty, take him out with you to, like, hunt this magical beast. Yeah. And, um, like I said, I, I want someone there representing the interests of the king who shows up, like, halfway through and is like, hey, get shit done. Uh, the six of them form a group who work together throughout the movie to determine what the beast is and how to defeat it. The beast is not a lion in weird armor here, given that the group is called the Brotherhood of the Wolf. It's a specific breed of wolf that the Brotherhood have been perfecting over generations to be this ideal killing machine who would only respond to their commands. So it's like, it's a wolf, but maybe there's some hyena thrown in there. And it's also like bigger than a regular wolf, like not like dire wolf crazy big, but like large, like, like scary large. And uh, the Brotherhood, who is made up of people similar to the members of the film version, so like the wealthy town elders, the clergy and all that, are a group of religious fanatics who seek to undermine the king and eventually prompt the people to rise up against him. They intend to do this by releasing a team of savage wolf hybrids all over the French countryside until the people realize the true ineffectiveness of the king and start a revolution. Jean-Francois still ends up getting killed at the end by Fransac, Manny, Marquis, and Marianne take down the wolf, and Sylvia and her team of underground informants focus on the other members of the Brotherhood. At the end, Fransac decides to relinquish his title of knight because he's been made aware of the ineffectiveness of the king and goes off with Marianne, Mani, and Sylvia to protect their fellow citizens by investigating the possibility of other such groups that might exist throughout the country. And lastly, Brotherhood of the Wolf is a bad name. It's really weird that it's the title of a group that you don't really get what they're doing until the end of the movie, so you spend the whole time wondering what the fuck it has to do with anything. So I think the movie should just be called The Beast of Gévaudan, which nice. is a rap title. Yeah, sure. that's it. Cool. I, I guess I made it more sad a little bit because I like sad boys. You sure do. I like sad boys. Fransac is a knight. Maybe he's noble-born. Maybe he earned it. The way he met Manny in America was similar to the what they say in the movie, which is that there was like, he was part of the military. Mm-hmm. The captain was like poisoning. Sending sickening. people ahead with plate blankets. Yeah, yeah, all the tribes before they conquered them. I kind of want there to be some sort of incident where like maybe Franzak, I, I kind of want him to be more of a nerd, like a full-on nerd and less of like a physical badass mm-hmm. than he is in the movie even. So maybe he was there. He wasn't a knight at that point. He was just like a scrub, but maybe he's noble-born and he was there because he was like good with the local customs and also wildlife. And he met Manny and his tribe as part of like, ooh, like we needed to do something with them. So like you do that. I want him to spend a lot of significant amount of time there. And they were leverage, leveraging that, but then suddenly orders changed and it was like, actually, no, we have to kill all these people. He sort of failed to fully stop it, but he did have a part in like making it less shit than it was going to be. And almost as a punishment, he was knighted. They, The king immediately has him dispatched to the countryside because mm-hmm. this beast has been going through the, the countryside for two years and no one figures out what it is. And he's like, yes, my naturalist will know, but like really it's it's more of a way to further embarrass him mm-hmm. because he, he knows that like well, he won't be able to stop it. <laughs> And I want Franzak to be, like, this sort of, like, caught in the middle of warring factions of, like, he doesn't really want to be in this position in the first place. He's not a fan of his country or his king, but he's also not a fan. Like, he's he's just, like, 
he he cares about like the world and nature and like he cares he cares about like innocent lives mm-hmm. um and i kind of want manny to sort of serve as like almost like and this is maybe me misrepresenting and misunderstanding how chewbacca works but, like, <laughs> Well, like you, like I'll be yes. Sure to let you know. I what saved, a like, sort of. He saved Manny's life, but like Manny is sort of like there for him more than he's there for Manny. Like a guardian angel? <laughs> no. It's <laughs> I mean, life debt was the is the thing that they always use. Life debt first, is yeah. the thing they talk about, but like, like Manny, like he needs Manny more than Manny needs. Right. Like it's ostensibly one way around, but it's really the other way. Yes. It seems like oh, this is my assistant Manny, but like right. really Manny's like going like not going to leave him alone because like he's not okay on his own anymore. Yeah. Um, I kind of want it to be that kind of relationship, and I, like I really want that to be like much more of a good bond mm-hmm. in the movie. And I want to erase Marianne and Sylvia and turn them into one character who is both a love interest and actually a spy. And I want her to, in the beginning, act as if she is like a victim to this, like or like sort of caught up in this thing. Um, but he finds out like she's what she's really doing is making herself seem vulnerable so that he feels like he has to help her. Um, to push him on to, like, actually engage with this quest. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and then he finds out that she's a spy, and she confesses and says, like, well, I need you to be on, like, our side of, like, taking down this conspiracy to disrupt the king. And he's, like, conflicted because he doesn't care about the king, but he also doesn't really care about this brotherhood that's trying to, like, rise up too much. Right. Uh, and what he really cares about is just a lot of people are dying because they're killing people. And I kind of want the the wolf to not be a wolf at all. I want it to be that Jean, uh, the character, what was his name, Jean-Francois? Yeah. To still be the same person, and I want there to be, like, that same... Oh, well, I don't know. I think I also inferred this. I don't think the movie was doing this so much. But I want him to, them to be, like, uh, friendly with each other because they see each other. He he, They're, like, fellow nerd bros <laughs> we both like natures and stuff so I kind of want there to be this like element of like he finds that he feels like he may have like a kindred spirit here um but Jean-Francois is really just using his animal knowledge and extensive like collection to uh kill people with like bone weapons that make it seem like an animal has like hmm. he knows what would happen he knows what a body ravaged by a wolf would look like hmm. so he's killing people with like bone like wolf jaw weapons sure. or like other or, or just like fucking up the corpses afterwards to make they don't have like CSI they can't right. do complicated shit goring people with horns even <laughs> yeah so just like yeah making it seem like a beast is attacking and it is confusing because there are elements that aren't like well this isn't really what a wolf would do so like Frozak is like well behaviorally this is not how wolves work I don't know how a wolf would be able to attack from this angle on the body or whatever but it is undeniably like a wolf's jaws that is doing some of this stuff um and yeah, that's kind of like the mystery I want to unravel through the whole thing. And I don't want um, this new Sylvia one-shot character, Sylvia married to be his, her brother anymore. Uh, her sister, rather. His, his, his sister. His, his sister. sister. But I do want her to maybe be like pretending to be a victim of the, like, you know, putting herself out there to like get rescued initially and have her like be, just be like maybe like a local woman to like sort of get him embroiled in this. And she doesn't work for the king in this. She's still a papal spy. But those are like the three factions are like the king that he's working for, the brotherhood and the papal. See? Cool. I will round us out. <laughs> I'm going to keep the lion thing kind of. Uh, there was... A book I read a few years ago, it was like, I think it was called The Tale of the Brothers Grosspart, and it wasn't very good overall, but it had an interesting idea, which is it would tell these, like, very weird sort of fairy tale-esque stories, but within world history as we know it, but they would also kind of do very kind of grimy or, like, funny things with it. And the way that they approached uh, the monster of the manticore was that it was a pelt that would have to be, that would be worn. It would kind of just like mold around the body and kind of make you into this thing. And so my thought was, uh, 
Fransak is a naturalist, not a badass, sent along with a military unit sent by the king to go and deal with this monster problem that has been going on for about two years. Manny is also in this detachment uh, because the king is sort of like eccentric as well as imperialistic and has kind of kept Manny around as like a curiosity. But now he thinks like, because he believes that, oh, these natives, they must be so mystically connected to animals. Uh, he and Fransak have, by the time they arrive in the village, have already struck up something of a friendship because they both kind of feel like this is a stupid idea and the people who are employing them are bad, but they're going to try to go ahead and do the job. I'm melding all of, because I think there was like two powerful families within this, so melding them into one and just have it be Vincent Cassell and Marianne are the children of the Marquis who is going to be their father. And the father, and the, fam- the whole family has returned recently from Africa, which Vincent Cassell was still mauled by a lion. He lost an arm. I think the thing is going to be trying to set up the dad as the presumptive villain, while Vincent Cassell is the eventual one. And that Vincent Cassell is wearing this pelt from a manticore that they slew in Africa to kind of selectively go out and either kill who he wants, or I haven't made up my mind if he is more targeted or if he's just out there like trying to live some kind of like crazy chaotic animal life. I want Marianne, though, to definitely picking up more on the tomboy angle of like, yes, she can ride, but I'm also thinking that she's going to be like a very crack shot and that she's the one who ends up kind of shooting the silver bullet to take her brother out Mm -hmm. while he's in like full manticore mode. I kind of drop a lot of the like trying to overthrow the king stuff. I just think it could work, but the way the movie does it, there's just not a lot of connection between the two things. And I think the weirdness of the event itself is enough for the movie. Are you saying you've actually turned John Francois to Manimal? Are you fun? Like he goes to Africa and he like learns how to become. I'm sorry. Please say it in French. Many man. Many man. Man, I forgot about Manimal. Uh, man, how could you? It's your three very different takes. Trois very different takes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Trois takes. Francois. Much difference. I, I, you, I, I, the thing is, right, I was trying to, like you said, it's weird to have this set in the lead up to the Revolutionary War and not have that be more of a thing. Yeah. And what I was looking for was, like, what is the heart of the story going to be? Like, what's the, not the moral, but, like, the theme? And I, I, I just didn't want to deal with the Revolutionary War shit. I so I, I threw that out, and I, I instead decided to make up my own, my own theme of, like, just sort of, like, being caught between powers and, like, wanting to be free of all of that. Since that's sort of how the movie ended with him, with like, he gets to go to Africa and like not have to worry about all that bullshit anymore. That's the story I wanted to tell. How things end between Sylvia and Fransak are weird, because she's like, come with me to Rome and we can just like become a duo and fuck all the time. And he's like, nah. <laughs> and then to it. I feel like the, her lines to him were almost like setting up like a franchise for something like the adventures of Sylvia and Fransak. I don't know. Just imagine like in my head, like the end of Iron Man when Nick Fury shows up and is like, have you heard about the Avengers Initiative? And he was just like, nah, don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Would you recommend this movie? No. Uh, so here's the thing. When you had told me that you wanted to do this movie, I knew nothing about this movie. I knew it existed. That's all I knew. I thought it was a movie about a werewolf. It wasn't a movie about a werewolf. At all. I found that out the day we watched the movie beforehand when I was we were messaging and I said, is this about a werewolf? And you said, no. In fact, <laughs> it is not about a werewolf. Needless to say, I was a little disappointed because I thought I was getting one thing and got another. I got the old switcheroo. Uh, so I have to say, because this was not the movie I thought it was going to be going into it, it already had something working against it. 
Then when I found out it was two and a half hours, it had another strike against it. Then when I saw the movie, it had a third strike against it. <laughs> so I gotta say, this is a big N-O for me, buddy so, boy. So in a word, no. no. I actually will say yes, but only because I think this movie is so odd in the kind of elements that it's just sort of haphazardly smashing together that it's there's something interesting about that to me. Here's the thing. Every other cut of this movie is a longer cut. If there were a cut of this movie that was half an hour shorter, watch it. There's not, so don't. If there's ever a TV edit. It's yeah. too long. That is the biggest problem with it. It's it's like it's aimless unfocused because of its length. It's, I would read about it if you could, but don't watch it. I think it's a fascinating thing to have been made. Yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, I don't think it's worth watching. Kung Fu, French history. Indeed, why yeah. did we watch Natives. this? Natives. Because we were put on the list yep. three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> because we were supposed to do it in November, and then we said, but why not Maleficent instead? It, it gave us plenty to, to talk about in yeah. one. If you just stop at our socials. Oh yeah, sorry. No, um, I was I was just doing Facebook.com slash whitewash podcast. That's, yep. that's it. That's the only thing. www.trackback.com. Anyway, uh, we will be back again in two weeks with a mini where we'll announce our next movie. Mm, that's how we do. But for now, au revoir. Adieu. 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 Hello, he's turning into Zenu. <laughs> <laughs>